Hey folks, got a good one tonight. It's a it's a different one. You know us. We like to uh, we like to get behind the interesting stories and dig into uh, aspects of hockey that uh, that other people aren't really looking at. So um, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably seen them and not even known about it. Uh, Kevin Porter is our guest for this evening. Uh, Kevin comes to us as a free agent hockey player. He's based out of Toronto and uh, releases a ton of social media stuff across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you name it. Uh, you can catch his videos. Um, the interesting part of Kevin's uh, Kevin's journey through hockey is that he's 46 years old now. He's had a career as a paramedic, a firefighter, and uh, and he's uh, he's trying to complete the ultimate dream of uh, of obtaining uh, obtaining a PTO with a professional team and uh, and moving on to, uh, on up the ladder. So, yeah, well, we uh, we wouldn't be able to have Kevin on obviously without uh, without the support and sponsorship from uh, from the greatest sponsors that ever sponsored a hockey podcast, PhD Sports of uh, Whitby, Ontario. You guys might know PHG from uh, from their Costco Roadshow. So if you've ever been to Costco and uh, seen some of that signed merchandise in the big booth, uh, they've got helmets, they've got sticks, pucks, gloves, you name it. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, imagery and uh, cards, you name it. Um, they've been the longest standing supplier of uh, signed merchandise to Costco Canada over 10 years now. Um, PHG Sports at uh, www.phgsports.com. So yeah, Patty, you you pumped for this one or what? Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a real good one. Yeah, no, I'm. Let's go. I'm real, you always say that. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. This yeah. is a good story. It is a great story. Oh, and where's PhD right now? Do you know? I am actually taking on the role of Chad Newman tonight. Uh, Ooh, big shoes. I know. Not 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 a neat, not easy shoes to fill. But uh, PhD Sports are currently in Vaughan, Ontario, until January second. Just set Vaughan, up today. Ontario. There you go, folks. So if you're uh, if you're in your travels, Costco, Vaughn, Ontario, uh, buy your dad something nice. You got a couple of days left till Christmas. All right, guys. Again, buy us something nice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Send us a message. We'll gladly supply our mailing address. Yeah. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Titter tatter. Let's get at her. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to another episode. I believe it's episode nine uh, from season two of the Deke Snipe Selly podcast. Um, anybody who's been following our, our episodes over the years, we have all kinds of different guests join the show for different reasons. We try to go outside the norm a lot of times and uh, explore areas of hockey that interest us, basically things that we don't know about. Um, we do some Average Joe's episodes where we get on just average dudes like us who are fans and we chat, chat to those guys. We get uh former stanley cup champions on and broadcasting legends hockey hall of fame guys we do a, a little bit of everything uh and this one i i was kind of excited about tonight actually because uh kevin kind of falls somewhere in in between all of that uh we've got mr kevin porter joining us and uh by by definition i guess you'd be an average joe but you're you're trying <laughs> big things kevin so uh i first got wind of your story i guess it was probably maybe a year ago uh, I guess uh, just a YouTube clip I stumbled onto from, I think, I think it was a city TV clip, uh, an interview that they had done with you about, um, you know, your ambitions to become a pro hockey player. And, uh, and I've kind of kept tabs on you on, in different social media platforms since and different videos, your workout training videos. And anyone who hasn't seen uh, your workout training videos by now, uh, they're behind the times. 
So, uh, yeah, I uh, just want to talk to you about that and, and, and basically what inspired your journey and where, well, let's start off with a bit of backstory, actually, where you're from and, uh, and your connection to the game. Yeah, so I grew up in Kitchener, uh, Kitchener, Ontario. Um, it's about an hour. It's between London and, and Toronto. So two hot, huge hockey hotbeds, you know, in, in Kitchener itself. Uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, Guelph area. I mean, it's a massive hockey hotbed. And, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, diehard Kitchener Rangers fan, um, you know, played my minor hockey in Kitchener. And uh, like, a, this is about the millionth time I've told this story, but just, you know, played growing up as a kid, loved the game, um, didn't play any higher than double A hockey. I think I was a smaller guy and, uh, you know, I had some family tragedy when I was 16 that pulled me away from the game. And, uh, um, you know, that, that's kind of where my minor hockey uh, career ended there. And then, uh, went back to school to become a paramedic and firefighter. And then I had a workplace accident in 2010 and that really kind of sparked the, uh, um, rejuvenated my passion, I guess, for the game. And, and I wanted to see, you know, what I could do. And I, I really, I felt like I missed it, missed the boat, so to speak, when I was younger, um, with the stuff that happened with my nan and my mom. So, um, yeah, that's basically the Coles notes of, of, kind of what I went through and how I got back into hockey. So. Okay. So the, 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 the elephant in the room, anytime you take to the microphone is obviously the DOB. Uh, your age is what, is what triggers everyone's interest in your story. I mean, so how old are you right now? I'm only 46. Only 46 out of boy. It's it, it either, it either intrigues them or they run the other way. So I, I've had a bit of both. Um, it's, it's worked in my favor. It's probably worked against me, but um, you know, that, that, that isn't really something I can control at this point as, as none of us can. So I just, you know, I, instead of, um, you know, initially when I started back on this journey, I was kind of worried that it would, you know, negatively, uh, affect me in so many ways. And then I think as the years have gone by, I've learned to almost, you know, use it, like market myself, like, well, if I can still play and compete hard and, you know, if you think Brad Marchand's a pest, imagine having a 46 year old guy tear after you in the ice and take the puck away. So, you know, <laughs> that would, um, that would probably put a 20 year old right off the rails real quick. So, you know, if, if I could use that in, in, in some sort of fashion and, 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 and use that to my advantage, well, it, it would most certainly work. I know guys, they can stand there and laugh, but you wouldn't be laughing if it's happening to you. So, um, yeah. you know that's that's kind of how i i choose to look at it now and 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 purely from a a, a confident standpoint too like i i know what i'm capable of doing and, and even at this age i can still compete so um yeah it's and i just have fun with it now and uh i mean it is what it is right so, like what's the what's the ultimate thing that keeps you going like i know you've had some hardship with, with your mom and your nan at age 16 you, you've obviously got a love for the game uh confidence i'm glad you mentioned that because that's a that's huge um especially when there's uh i wouldn't say the world is against you but the odds are against you of course uh is it a combination of those things or like what's what keeps you going i i think just like my passion for the game and, and my passion for you know trying to push myself as far as i can humanly go um, both, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually with the game, like in, in being an all around athlete and training. And I mean, it teaches, a, you know, it's taught me a lot about myself. Um, I've been able to help a lot of younger guys, older guys. I mean, guys that are even playing in the NHL right now and, and guys have reached out to me and 
watch some of my videos and it's very humbling, um, you know, because I should probably be the other way around at times where I'm, I'm looking at that those guys are in awe, but I'm just a guy that I, I just like to try new things and you know, I'm not a big dangle fancy player. I, I play hard. I play fast. I try to train and do things that would be ultra effective on the ice and just keep it simple. Right. And, you know, I just, with the whole COVID thing, the last two years, there's been a lot of missed opportunities, but there's been a lot of good opportunities as well. And I just try to embrace the good ones and uh, the things that have haven't happened for me. I try to keep them at the forefront of my mind and, and, and just stay hyper-focused all the time and uh, something good is going to come. So. so yeah, who would you, who would you compare your game? You mentioned Marshawn's uh, what NHL player would you, you mimic your game after you, Parts of it, it sounds like Tucker to me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, you cheer for Toronto, right? I don't know, I'm a Toronto guy I'm from the area, not too far away. So, good answer, yeah, Dar Darcy. Uh, you know, I, I used to love, you know, watching him play and compete. And and when I I say compete, because like the guys a Viking, and you know, the the crazy eyes, and obviously Wendell Clark. Um, like my hockey idol growing up was Mark Messi, right? Yeah. Um, but not being able to see as many of those games because they're West Coast, obviously, you know, we're super saturated with Leaf games and you get to know all the, the guys. And yeah, I mean, definitely Wendell Clark, Darcy Tucker, the toughness, the resilience. Um, you can't just teach that in a skill set. You, you don't learn that at a hockey school. I think it's either between your ears or it isn't. And uh, that's kind of the style I like to play. So. The, the thing that stands out to me when I, when I watch your, 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 your training clips that you, that you throw online, the thing that I always, that I always walk away from it. My, my, my initial thought after any of your clips is, is like, like, I'm like, look at that guy dig in, like he's digging in. Like, I mean, there's a difference in doing it, in, in doing any of these drills or any of these, um, any of this training and doing it. And then there's another, uh, aspect of doing it with a level of intensity that a lot of other people can't even match. And that's, that's, that's what I've always taken away from your, your clips is just how, how hard you dig in on everything that you do. And I mean, it makes complete sense to me. You, you, you're at a stage where, like Patty said, I mean, obviously the odds are stacked against you just based on, uh, based on age, but again, uh, you're digging in and whether that's on the ice off the ice uh it's something to be commended and that's why we're getting you on a podcast now to chat is because it's inspiring man i mean like you know watching what you're doing is, is is really is inspiring well i i think like i say it comes down to mindset and and you know if you've played the game um you know how tough it is and i mean i've had the the good fortune of being to an east coast hockey league you know professional development like a camp like a main camp um, you know, I played in Sweden semi-pro. I played some games in the Federal Hockey League um, prior to the shutdown. I've even talked to some teams about playing in even higher leagues. Um, but COVID's kind of thrown a wrench into some of those plans right now. So I understand how tough the game can be. And I just, I'm doing whatever I can to be ready. So, you know, I have a little saying, it's just no excuses, just results. Yeah. Right. And, and like, no one cares. I mean, most mornings I go to the rink, I'm coming off my 24 hour shift at the fire hall. Um, whether we have a good night or not is irrelevant. What I need to do is get to the rink and, or the Muay Thai club or the gym or whatever I'm doing that morning. And I need to perform. And it's no different than if I step out on the ice, like if I were to get a PTO tomorrow, I'm probably going to get seven minutes of ice time a period. If I'm lucky five to seven minutes. So I better make sure that I'm ready to perform 
for five or seven minutes, okay, in a period. And if I can do that, you know, the way I, I just break it down, I, I, when I train, I say, okay, I'm doing all this so I can try to compete for seven to 10 minutes a period and then have a 20 minute intermission and compete for seven to 10 minutes and have a 20 minute intermission and then compete for seven to 10 minutes, right? So I, I break it down in its simplest form. And it's like, if I can go like a son of a gun for an hour after working at 24, there's absolutely no excuse. I can't do that in the game. And that gives me confidence because I know I'm pushing myself to the, the nth degree. And uh, um, yeah, it is what it is. Just keep it hard. Keep it simple. Well, walk us through your training routine. And that's what I'd really, that's what I'm curious because me, you're obviously physically fit. It's, it's insane watching your videos. I'm like, dude's 40. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm 40 right i'm like waking up in the morning and my hip hurts and i got a bad ankle and i'm just in a bad mood uh i'm getting grumpy with old age but i mean you're you're obviously keeping yourself fit so what uh, what does that look like on a on a day-to-day -day? well i mean first and foremost you know i'm a career professional firefighter and paramedic so my fitness level right is obviously it was always top shelf for the fire department and and you know my life relies on it my colleagues, my, my firefighter friends and colleagues and the general public, they rely on me being physically fit. When they call me at two in the morning because their house is on fire and they're trapped, extreme example, they expect me to be on my A game. I don't have like, I can't mess it up. I can't make a mistake. I can't say, oh, I'm tired. I had a crappy shift, right? So there's no excuses. So to transition from that into a sport and my sports hockey, and, you know, it's really... Um, the onus is always on me to be in shape. So I've had to tweak some training, um, as far as hockey specific things. Um, you know, I work with my, my skating coach, Vanessa Crone on tons of explosive work, edge work, stops and starts, you know, just to try to mimic the game because I haven't been playing games for a bit because of COVID. Um, but you know, like I said, in the end, there's really, I don't have any excuses. Um, I just want results every time I go out and I, and I feel really good. So. Yeah. So I, I, like I, I think about back to hockey for, for a moment, I think about the opportunity that you, you could have. And if I'm a GM or a decision maker on a hockey team and I'm looking at a bunch of guys that are in their twenties, all with a similar skill set, And I've got someone who's 46 uh, who obviously has the skill set, but also brings something else to the table. I'm thinking, I want that differentiator because a lot of, a lot of folks, other folks here that are trying out, look the same you look different mm -hmm. and i'm thinking in a, in a world where uh you always want that competitive advantage I, I like if if i'm that gm or that manager i want to give the guy that's a differentiator a, a tryout mm -hmm. um are gms thinking that way or are they traditionally looking for um the same old same old speed just the basic skill sets um well, I'm not sure GM Patty Phillips, but that, that's <laughs> gracious of you if you gave me the opportunity. You know what? I, I I really can't I can't speak for I can't speak for what the majority of of, of GMs would want. Um, what I try to provide is is you know uh, no holes barred, no excuses. Yes, I'm 46, you know, but this is what I can do. And if I have my gear on and the young kid has his gear on up close, you really don't know that I'm 46 and he's right. 20 and could be my. Uh, my son, right? Um, I, I just look at, I'm going to show you my results on the ice, my speed. I've got a 13.56 second lap time. Okay. Which I'm about to break any day. You want to talk about speed. I mean, right here, right? Like I'm fast. 
and I'm nasty. I'm 200 pounds. I'm five foot nine. You know, I'm disciplined now in my old age where I won't take stupid penalties, you know, but if a guy punches me in the face, I'll probably punch him back depending on the score of the game. Right. If we're down one, I might take it because I can take a punch, you know, but you know, you have to have this type of discipline, right. To get your team to the next level. And I, I think I've got a few tricks up my sleeve that I could, you know, bring to any team anywhere and, and have some fun doing it and, uh, you know, be, be effective that way. So. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad Patty mentioned the, the whole concept of the differentiator because in, in a, in a, in a sport that's so, uh, how is the best way to put it? The, the team teams at any level are always so parallel. Like there's, it's just so, so much parity, but from one team to the next, and it's such a game of, you know, mistakes and, and whatnot. Um, I'm all, I've always been about that, that whole concept of differentiator. You go back to like baseball and the concept of, of, you know, money ball back in the days, what the A's were doing, you know, trying to make their team different so that they had a chance to have their own competitive edge. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm of much the same mindset. I was, maybe we should be GMs, Patty, maybe, or maybe that's why we're not GMs. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've applied. <laughs> I've applied. <laughs> you, you know, I, and I think sometimes too, like I like to, um, you know, I consider myself, I, I think what drives me so much too with my training is like, I see myself as an absolute underdog and I have zero to lose. I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you add in a little bit of intensity and a little bit of madness and, you know, I still have a massive chip on my shoulder for what happened to me when I was a kid, I can just, you know, snap my fingers and make that guy appear real quick. Um, you know, you're able to, uh, have full confidence you can get the job done and, and do some good things and you know if i was paired with the right players and teammates and uh atmosphere this guy's the limit right so the other thing too is like teams going back to what you said about gms you look at a lot of younger guys it's a long-term investment but just because you draft the kid and he plays well when he's younger doesn't mean he's going to work out as a long-term investment i've invested tens of thousands of dollars in ice time training rehab not rehab but like taking care of my body through you know physio chiro massage um my martial arts background training um all kinds of uh, like the the amount of training i've done is is endless over the last you know five to ten years so teams could look at me and say well we don't have a lot of invested but don't worry i've already invested that time money and effort show me your systems show me tell me how, how do you want me to play for you like what can i do for you like, here's what I can do for you. I, I like to penalty kill. Like I actually love killing penalties. I love to hit. I don't mind being hit. I'm tough. I'm 200 pounds. Well, a guy wants to hit me and go, well, he's going to get hurt too. So, you know, I just, I like to have fun out there and I, I'm ultra, I'm, I'm relaxed when I play, but I can turn it up. I can turn it up. I can scale it back. Um, I guess these are just some of the things you learn by playing the game a long time. And, uh, we could have used you on the Leafs two years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're not wrong. Yeah. I, uh, I, I want to draw the parallels between, cause see one thing, one thing that Kevin has over and above any of these younger kids who are coming out of whether it's, I don't know, junior hockey, whatever it might be, you know, these, these 21, 22, 23 year olds who are, you know, looking to break into ECHL, AHL teams and not up the ladder, um, is the life experience side of things and having, haven't had disappointment and haven't had uh, job interviews that didn't go incredibly well and, and, and things along those lines. 
where you 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 learn to value your opportunities because your opportunities don't come along every day. They talk about it on hockey broadcasts on TSN and CBC all the time. But all these young guys who are playing deep in the playoffs, they 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 you might not get another chance. I.e., you know Joe Thornton kind of driving that home. You know he he's his chance at a Stanley Cup is getting slimmer and slimmer by the the, the passing day, right? Um, so I'm wondering how your life experience. Uh, affect affects the way you you view your opportunities now well i i think when you've lost a lot in your life and and you've had to kind of fight tooth and nail for everything you have you you obviously appreciate opportunities a lot more than somebody that hasn't had the misfortune of going through that pardon me having said that i mean there are a lot of people that have been through a lot of things and i'm not on this podcast scene i'm the only guy that's been through bad things in my life there's there's guys that have been through a lot worse and overcome a lot of different challenges but i just look at my own situation because that's all i can really relate to for myself and um you know i I try to draw positive from that and and draw parallels to help other guys out um look at situations differently tackle problems um you know whether it's the entire training, um, being in a rut plane or practicing, you know, home, family life, things that go wrong and having to snap out of those things and, and be ready to, to skate, train and practice. And, you know, um, you know, like I, I've had days or nights at the fire hall or on the ambulance where I've done like a terrible call and then I had to go and train. And I can remember one day I did a really crappy call. Um, I was working ambulance in Caledon and I had a really tough call where a guy was um, struck with an excavator and it happened to be on the ice with Daryl Belfry um, from the Leafs one day and we were doing some drills and I said you know I'm having a hard time just picking this up my brain is like my brain is always focused on hockey but just for this one few moments and I, and I came out and I told him and I just said like this is what I did at work yesterday and I'm a little messed up this morning. I'm a little out of sorts. Mm. Um, my skating coach, I think my skating coach, uh, she was sick. She couldn't come out. And then, but Daryl was nice enough to come out and show me some stuff. And it was one of the only times where I was ever really uh, rattled, you know, being on the ice after doing that call. And so like these things do happen to athletes. They like, we're all human. And, and but it's, learning how to like navigate that and how do I, how do I separate myself from work to, okay, I'm on the ice. I've got 50 minutes or I've got an hour. Like I'm here. I take it ultra seriously. I've got a job to do and I need to perform at a certain level so that when I leave practice, you know, I'm confident, you know, and and we're moving forward all the time. So, I mean, that's one little thing. Yeah. That's one chink in my armor. (laughs) <laughs> we've, we've all got them man and that's yeah. what that's what that's what makes us human right uh, when i heard your story kevin and i've been able to draw some parallels we've used that word a couple times here but are you familiar with the jim moore story uh the picture for the tampa bay rays many years ago he made a hollywood movie out of it dennis quaid was the star uh about a guy who was drafted in 82 spent crazy amount of time in the minors just couldn't get that break retired, went into teaching and eventually uh, got back into the game. And at the age, I think 35, 36 or something, uh, pitched his first pitch with the Tampa Rays and struck out a guy on four pitches on his first at bat. Um, again, some, some similarities there about a guy who really never, never, ever gave up, 
even though he retired, he was still in the game. Um, and it's just with that drive. And I think for, for that particular guy, Jim Morris, he was really backed by his, his family to keep moving and keep going, uh, his kid especially. Um, yeah, so anyways, just a, not really a question as such, but more of a more of a comment and, again, trying to draw that parallel. Well, you, you, you know, well, th- th- there, there's all kinds of great stories of, of these things happening. And, and, you know, I really don't – I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really look at those things for my inspiration. I, I just need to go to the rink and look at a certain wall, and, you know, in one of the buildings I train at, and, and that gives me all the inspiration I need. And, and you know, I said, like, I, I train at the MasterCard Center, the Ford Performance Center, a lot of the time. It's such a great atmosphere to train in and the vibe, the ice is the best in the, in the GTA. And um, yeah, I just get jacked up when I go in there and I'm, I'm ready to go and you're inspired and you just want to be the best you can be and, and, and have fun doing it. Like I have no pressure, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to put food on the table with it, but I, I sincerely want to compete at the highest level. And um, like, to me, it's not about the money. Like it's a personal thing. It's, it's, it's about competing at the highest level and uh get the job done so good for you yeah you do it for the right reasons one thing that's that's that we've been tiptoeing around here as well with the last even the last couple of comments we've made here is uh talking about basically support systems and i mean you don't get to be doing what you're doing currently without having a really great support system around you i wouldn't imagine um who you've been leaning on personally we'll say uh any family friends anybody you got you like to shout out um well i i, I mean first and foremost i mean um my wife Ashley obviously puts up with me, and uh, my Brand woman. So yeah, she she's been great. Um, uh, my skills coach and good friend Eddie Choi, uh, he he's been helping me out for the last three years. Um, and like I said, I've had a lot of great hockey mentors. Also, um, Jim Thompson he used to play in the NHL, a dear friend of mine. Owns the Aurora Tigers in the OJ. Jim's been a, a huge help. Uh, my skating coach Vanessa Crone. So I've had a lot of good coaches. My Muay Thai coach Gerald Ching, Todd Medina in Huntington Beach, California. Like these people have really helped me focus on what I need to do, you know, um, to com- compete and win and, and have a winning mindset and to be able to keep pushing myself. You know, against obviously there's odds, and, but I mean, if you never try, you'll never know, right? So. Um, I never wanted to be that guy that looked back when I'm, you know, 65 years old and say like, why didn't you go for it? Why didn't you try? Right. Because I mean, what's the worst going to happen? They're going to say no. Right. Um, so yeah. No. So do you, do you, I hate to use the word drop dead, but do you have a drop dead date on this here, Kevin? Like is there a point where you say, you know what, time to pack in the dream here and, uh, and uh, kick the heels up. No, I, I haven't really, because I, I, I think the more I, I pursue it, I mean, I get so much out of it in so many other ways as well. Um, and, you know, I think down the road, my goal is to be in player development, you know, yeah. with a high level hockey club. And, uh, you know, it, it's really dear to me. And I, I do a lot of, a lot of work kind of, you know, behind the scenes, like you'll see my videos training, but I'm, I'm doing some of these drills or all these drills for a reason, right? I'm compiling a Rolodex of things that, I like the night that I think that'll work. I watch a lot of video, on, you know, online and a lot of replays and clips and gifts on, on how players do things, how, you know, players attack the net, how they defend, how they shoot, tip the puck. Like I love tipping pucks. Right. So, um, 
just trying to be a little bit original and bringing a different kind of element to the game, how the game could be played at some point. Because unless they take all the lines away and everyone just rips around the ice 100 miles an hour, you're still going to have that hard-nosed, compete mm. level, body contact, ferociousness. It happens every playoffs, right? It happens with, with division rivals, and it's going to happen in the playoffs. And it's a style of game, I think, that to get past that first round, that second round, yeah. you have to be able to adapt and do it real fast. Like, there's no, like, oh, well, maybe we can start playing this way in game three or game four. It's got to be, like, a blitzkrieg from game one, right? So that, just that style of playing hard, playing dirty, like dirty goals, dirty goals, win championships, hard hitting, back checking, not taking bad penalties. Um, so like when I train, I try, try to think of all these things and envision, you know, what I could do for a team if I was ever in that position or, or coaching or player development or whatever, right? Cause it's, there's a lot of parallels between all those. So mm-hmm. Yes, I'm glad you got into that because that was actually one. Of, well, definitely was going to be one of my follow-ups at some point. Was where where you thought the game could lead you after after skates are hung up, um, and uh, I'm so glad that you're talking about that because that's that's you, you, everything you say reminds me so much of one of my favorite guys growing up. I was a huge Gary Roberts fan. Like I mean, huge. There was nothing about the guy I didn't like. He was just hard nosed. He was in your face, but he was also you know like and still is. And Gary at his age now super performance driven i mean he runs his own camps and stuff and got some of the top end talent in the league that goes with him for his expertise and uh, everything everything i've watched about you and everything i'm hearing and, and even now uh i've learned a lot already tonight um it just rings home to me gary roberts you know uh, so anyway that's just again another parallel we're gonna make that the name of the show i'm pretty sure <laughs> so, so kevin what has the courting process looked like i don't know if courting is a word only use the Newfoundland, but what what does that process look like of going out and finding that professional job? Or like you sending, I don't know, DVDs out, or I don't know if you do that anymore. Do you have someone in your corner who's calling on your behalf? No. Well, I had an agent, so I'll, I'll tell you why the uh, social media litany of videos on a daily basis. So I, I had uh, I had an agent um, for Uptown Sports here in Burlington years ago. And we seem to be getting a bit of headway and, and then it was, we're running into the same roadblock of like the age factor and, and also, you know, uh, the elite prospects obviously wasn't up to, to speed at all. And it probably still isn't, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and, but I just said, you know, if it's not going to work that way, then, then I have to just find a, a different way, an original way, something else, another way I can promote myself and, and uh, you know, like we talked at the beginning of the podcast, they say no excuses, just results. And lo and behold, from throwing out, I don't even know how many videos I got on my Instagram now, upwards of almost 2000, maybe. Um, and I, and I, you know, I videotape everything I do. All my training sessions are videotaped. And then I break it down and, and go through the good and the bad and, you know, things I can improve on, things I like, things I don't like and compile the footage. And I sent it to teams and, uh, when I was invited to the Rapid City Rush Camp, they're the, um, the East Coast Hockey League uh, affiliate for the Arizona Coyotes. A gentleman that used to work for, works for the St. Louis Blues, saw a video, um, contacted the team, 
you know, friends of friends of friends and said, Hey, check this out. So it, it, it does work. It has worked from, for me personally, in, in some senses, um, you know, having said that, you know, there were times where I was worried that it could be, you know, viewed negatively as well. Like, um, I, I never wanted to, to be viewed as, as an, an ego thing or look at me, look at me. But at the same time, it's like, I'm in a different, very unique kind of situation where I haven't been fortunate to be able to play for a long period of time in my older years, compile stats, have things to look back on. So you're only as good as your last practice, as far as I'm concerned, your last game and all my videos current up to date. I mean, you can see when the videos were made. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do anything live, but I guess I could at some point that might be kind of fun. And, and then, uh, you know, coaches and GMs and scouts, they could take a look at, you know, what I have to offer and, and, and what my calling card is all about, right. The things that I have to offer. And, um, you know, you just hope that you, you strike your, the right type of nerve with one of these, uh, folks. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Um, I th I'd like to give you the opportunity now too to shout out to uh, shout out your different media uh, social media channels because uh, well I mean I stumbled onto you I think it was I'm pretty sure it was a YouTube clip I seen at one point but I know you're Kevin Porter eleven right on Instagram. Let me just confirm that I've been up since <laughs> four so things are getting a little foggy um, mm -hmm. and I don't want to misquote you so let's have a look here. I'm, I'm not the biggest techie guy in the world so this is this has been a bit of a learning uh, curve as well so. On Instagram, it would be Kevin Porter eleven. Yep, that's what I said. Yep. Let's have a gander here at Twitter. Kevin Porter ten. <laughs> These are my hockey numbers, right? So easy to remember. Eleven was Mark Messi's number, so that's why yeah, I picked yeah. eleven. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. I think you just punch in the name on Facebook, and, and the you know you can find me. But yeah, it's been a an interesting journey. And like I said, I've, I've spoken to a few teams. I spoke to a team. Uh, I spoke to a GM about a week ago and they were unable to get visas for out of you, like non-American born players to go. They wanted to have me down, but they couldn't get a visa for me. So, you know, it, it's just, what do you do? Right? Like it's, it's frustrating, but you know, the world's um, in a funny place right now. And I think you just have to like, sit back and you say, okay, you know, thanks. Um, maybe in the fall I'll be ready and you just ride with it. And, and there's nothing else you can do. You know, you could pack it in and say, ah, oh, you know, COVID crushed my dreams, but really like, am I going to actually like let pandemics stand in my way? Like it ain't happening. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, just keep hammering away and having fun and, and I'm ready. So. No, and that's that's what I love about your story is that it's not about the money, it's not about fame, it's not about all that stuff. It's all about the dream, man, and uh, and that's why again why it's so why it's so inspiring for us all. So, no, I uh, I love that aspect of the story. What I'm curious about, what about when it's not hockey and when it's not work? Is there anything else Kevin Porter likes to do in his spare time to kind of uh, center yourself? Any hobbies? Train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love, I love You're a sick travel. man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love, um, yeah, I love to travel, but you know, the last, uh, two years, yeah. that's obviously been a little bit, uh, challenging. You have, have you ever been to the Island? 
I have not, but it's funny. I was just mentioning this to my wife. My dad's girlfriend is from there and my dad's been now a few times and they absolutely love it. And I think she's trying to pull him when he retires in April. I think she's trying to pull him that way. Um, we're going to go for a little visit at some point. Um, you know, when, when a lot of this crap dies down and get out there for a little holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, well, when you do make your trip, man, you make sure to look us up. That's one thing we're, we're noted yeah. for is our hospitality and uh, you'll never find a better place in the world for that. So where, whereabouts are you guys located there? Well, uh, Patty lives in the city and I'm, I'm in just, paradise. Yeah. Just yeah. inside of St. John's. Okay. It's funny when you say like when Newfoundlanders say in the city, cause we only have like what two, three. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, the, this, this city yeah. in yeah. the city. I'm, I'm just outside of town. Uh, I'm just outside the city. Yeah. I guess what maybe not even quite an hour. So okay, uh, cool. small town, right. five hundred people. It's it's very quaint. Very very mm -hmm. nice. The comment I was gonna make, like I not I can only assume that Carl Dubas watches our podcast. <laughs> um, so like, how do we? You never know who's watching. So well, that's, I always, that's true. I I always tell like young guys, I'm like be super cognizant of what you put out there. Um, I hope I didn't say anything dumb tonight, but you know, no. I'll think about what you're seeing. Um, you know, especially like, you know, with my jobs, I'm in the public eye a lot. Right. So it's very like, you really learn how to like work that inner monologue and not say things and, and you know, be professional and just like for young hockey guys and girls growing up and, and coming up. And if you want to play somewhere, well, you have to be cognizant of this stuff too. Right. So you're representing an organization, a team, an employer, um, you're a role model for, for kids and a lot of people. So it's, it's, it's important. The question is, would you come play for the Growlers, Newfoundland Growlers, ECHL? That's the way to get you to Newfoundland. Do I get to play with Todd Skirving? Yes. Todd's a good man. He, Todd is the best. You want to talk about an ambassador for what <laughs> it means to be a pro hockey player? Man. <laughs> so I saw Todd not too long ago at the rink, but I think he was going in for his medical and I was on the ice and he, he was banging on the glass and I ran down and said hi quick. And he had to go do his thing with the boys next door. He was there for the Marley's camp. So oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah. I'd love to, I would, yeah, I'd absolutely. Uh, that would be great. Well, if D McDonald is watching, which again, I assume he is. <laughs> let's give the man a try that's, that's actually not impossible we've had dean on the podcast now twice he's a he's a good dude he owns three different ahl franchises or echl franchises now so yeah who knows you never know for who sure. do you guys cheer for there for hockey <laughs> i believe yeah. yeah yeah big fans we talk we talk a lot of leafs hockey and uh what you, you get you get much time to watch kevin do you, do you get to tune in as many of the nhl games nowadays or well obviously not now but um, yeah, I'm front and center. I PBR watch highlights. If I can't see the game, if I'm at work, you know, we, um, you know, just PBR highlights. Yeah, it gets watched and studied a little bit and dissected. And I'm I, I'm pr I'm pretty bad when I do go to watch a game because I just I don't like to talk to whoever I'm with because I I have to watch it. If I'm there, <laughs> like I. Like, I will never be, like, come up into the stands two minutes in the period. Like, I got to see it right from the hop. Like, I'm I'm studying. Like, I'm – I have to even for warm-up. 
you know, I haven't been to a game for a while because of, you know, just everything going on. I go to why I need to see the warm up. Yeah. So, oh, I'm same thing. Like, you know what? I, I hate going up in the suites when I'm at a game because I got to be social. Like, I, I want to be down, down with in the seats so I can watch the game. Yeah. I don't want to miss nothing. No. no so, I'm there to watch the game. Yeah. One, one, I got one least related question for you then because we talk a lot of Leafs. Um, they're quite, they're not quite there yet. They're a very, very talented team. They're close. Uh, what what does the team need to add now come deadline time to really get them over to home? What are you thinking? Uh, what are you thinking would be a, a, a good addition, we'll say? And it can't be Kevin Porter. <laughs> you know what? Just putting it all together and uh, I think just realizing, and this is for any team, right? Toronto, any team that's going to compete any team is in that position to, to, to really make a goal for it is you've got to be able to switch gears on the fly and, and adapt and change your game, right? Mm-hmm. Shift by shift, period to period, protecting leads, getting dirty, doing, making sacrifices, blocking shots, um, taking hits, making hits, you know, and at the right time, there might have to be a little bit more. So, um, like I said, the game changes dramatically when the playoffs start. And I think as the, when I watch the playoffs, like you see how teams start to dig in and it's a lot harder. It's a lot heavier. There's more on the line and all you got to do is win 16 games. Yeah. yeah. No big deal. Just 16 games. Eh? Well, when we went on that run in November, uh, some tweets, I, I don't know who tweeted it out. Like, can you save four games for April? <laughs> four wins <laughs> yeah it's like it's not a bad idea but i i still say because i bleed blue i cannot talk negative against the leafs you take this team or the team from last year you put them in a, another city i think they would have they've they would have won big things uh I, they've got pressures on them that the typical sports franchise don't the yankees do the bigger the bigger sports towns like they got a makeup of a very good de- team. Dubas has done, I think, all that he he could really. They had a need for defense. He went out and got Brody. Needed uh, grit. Went out and got Simmons, and went out and got veterans like Spezza and, and Thornton and these guys. I I don't know what the man can do. Like, just need to just need to get a break. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Toronto. Obviously, it's probably one, if not the most challenging place to compete as an athlete um, due to our, everyone's hyper focus and, and passion for it. Right. Um, you know, like the same, the, the passion that unites us all. Well, right. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty apparent here. I mean, people are ultra passionate and, and want good things. And, you know, it's just, I think you just have to learn how to block it out sometime or, you have to learn how to take it to the next level. And I think that just comes with time and, and being in that position and, and go back to what I said about how I can focus on being so intense all the time. And it's when you lose and lose and lose and lose, you're able to be hyper-focused. And when you do have to perform, you can get out there and perform. So, um, you know, yeah, I think there's just a bit of a secret ingredient, but it takes a bit of time to, to try to find that. And, and then to make it count when, when it needs to count. So yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You're 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 saying almost verbatim what we had Joe Bowen on the show at the beginning of the year, and he talked a lot about killer instinct and how that's not you can't train for it. You can't you can't go to a shelf. You can't you can't buy it in a bottle and open it up and say, oh, here's killer instinct. And it's something that you, that's got to be learned. It's a, it's, a, it's a life lesson again. And uh, I think once the team gets there, I think it's going to be a different ball game altogether. And they're close. They're very close. But anyway, no, Kevin, we're not going to keep you, man. Uh, again, thanks so much uh, offering up an hour and, and a perspective on the game that that uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. So again, all all the best going forward. We'll be uh, we'll be keeping tabs on you, and we're going to get you back again once you uh, once you make that next step. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, have a Merry Christmas, you and your family. You as well. Be good, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, next time you're hey in good plan, you look us up. Okay, talk soon. Take care. Later on, bud. Bye. Ciao. Man, I want him to get a tryout with Growlers. Wow. Like, I'd like him to get a tryout with anybody. I know, I know, but like... Man, what I, a good dude. What a... What a I mean, I like I said, I've seen, I've seen so many of, 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 of the stories, and so many of the the, the the quick hit video clips you know like the the you know the cole's notes version of what he's doing and uh it doesn't do it justice it really doesn't do it do his story justice because there's just so much more stirring beneath the obvious um that i mean it's, it's, it's hollywood movie-esque whether whether he whether he makes it or not that, that that level of dedication and that level of commitment and intensity is something that you don't see every day you actually it's something you never see right you just don't yeah um um, I'll forever be a fan, no matter no matter how that shakes out for him. And and I think with his attitude, I think he'll get there. I really do. Not to be too philosophical here, but it just shows that human beings are made up of all different types. Uh, because I don't have an ounce of what he's got uh, in terms of enthusiasm and and vigor and keeping on pushing. Uh, not many people have that. They just most people want to get through the day without long term goals or. Uh, I really hope he something happens. You don't see it often in hockey, actually, the story, or at least you don't hear about it too often. You, you hear about those career minor leaguers that eventually, um, I think there was a guy in the NHL this year, he's 29 or 30, got his first NHL game. Yeah. Uh, but you don't hear about it often. Um, you, you, you hear about certainly, it in other sports. Certainly not, not, not in your 40s, right? But because no. of the average, the average retirement age of – NHL athletes being between 28 and 30 something years old. Right. Um, it's just so, it's, it's such a unique story and so off the cuff, but you just think about it for a second. You mean like just take skill set out of it all together. It's not even talk about skill set, just foot speed. We all talk about the game. And I mean, if, if, if the man's, if the man's sub 14 on a lap, 14 seconds, I mean, me, me and you together, if I was pushing you, you know what I mean? Not even close. Like what was McDavid? Was he in the was he the twelves? High twelves, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, Kendall Kendall Coyne when uh, when she did the uh, when she did the the female the female uh, lap at the All Star game a couple of years ago, she was sub sub fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and like I mean, that alone should get him to try out. Yeah. And then when you bring in the, the the mix of and some of the stuff he said, like you can, you can undermine because, yeah, he's probably got more discipline than your average twenty year old. Um, who's he's probably willing to take a, a smack in the face and not punch back just in the in the effort to get to draw a penalty or, or, or those things. Um, he's got a lot going for him. You put it this way you you take the age out of it, and you've got a player there that who would be very attractive to a lot of teams, and no difference in the business world. You go into a uh, 
this were to again to parallel, we're definitely calling this show to parallel. Uh, it is totally a Seinfeld type of thing. But like, <laughs> if you go in for a job interview, no one's allowed to ask your age anymore. No, you're you're hired based on your skill set and all, and all those things. Like you can probably determine how old someone is from their resume just looking at the chronological order of education and and employment and all those things. But um, it's it's unfortunate that age would keep him back because if if he's below fourteen, then he's I'm assuming that's, not, that's an average in the NHL or below, that, that's not above an average. Issue. That's speed is not an issue clearly. No. So. No. Um, no, good on them for, for, for pinpointing things that, that, uh, that, uh, that matter. Cause age doesn't age does not no. matter. And things that matter are your foot speed, hand, eye, you know, IQ, your, uh, hockey, IQ, your release points, all these things that coaches talk about all the time. That's what matters. And that's what he's keying in on. He's not the age thing is just, is, is, is a, is a footnote to what he's yeah. actually doing. And eventually just like when, when. Brandon Shanahan brought in Kyle Dubas and said, listen, we're going to make you one of the youngest general managers in the league of one of the most storied franchises in history. Somebody took a gamble on Kyle Dubas. Now, do I, do I envision Kevin getting a try with an NHL team anytime soon? Of course not, because there's a process, right? Kevin knows that. We all know that there's a process. But there's somebody at some level who is going to look at that man in the same way that Brandon Shanahan looked at Kyle Dubas and said, there's something there, and let's explore it. Because age does not matter. And... What I really, like I said at the beginning of all this, when Kevin was coming on, what I, the, the story is, is great. It's a great, interesting story. But what really interests me about Kevin is the personality and the man behind the story. And I think that my takeaway from this podcast is just how he used the word hyper-focused at least three or four times, how focused he is. Because, again, when I watch his videos, just he just digs in. He's just so intense. Uh, yeah. And I'm so glad that we got to meet him, man. What a unique cat! And that's what I love about our podcast. We meet we meet people that we never run into otherwise. So, um, if you guys enjoy the podcast, guys, uh, let us know. Um, if, if you're a general manager and you're looking for 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 an for an interesting an interesting camp, let Kevin know. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're looking for more of our content, guys, check out uh, www deeksnipeselly.ca you'll get everything there as well as www.facebook.com slash deeksnipeselly uh, also we're on twitter at sellydeek and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts if you're listening you're out, you're probably listening on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, tune in all of the above um and we love you for it most of our uh, most of our viewership is not even views as listeners so again thank you for listening um Again, down the road, if you guys want to see anything, if there's anything that you'd like to us add to the podcast, anyone you'd like to see on, um, let us know. We're game for pretty much anything, as you can tell. So uh, I got nothing else, Patty. You happy? I am very happy. It's all good. All good. All right, guys. Peace out. <laughs>